school, like, you're a wee boy, you're a wee boy, you're a wee boy. And just keeps doing that. And I'm like, oh, it, it's okay, whatever. And the bouncer's getting pissed off and stuff like that. Who's this wee boy? The bouncer is the wee boy. So that's the thing. Like, the what? guy the guy he was starting on was actually taller than this dude. Okay. So I don't know why he kept calling him a wee boy. Okay. The bouncer's, uh, the like, trying to stop him. Yeah. Then the guy goes to hit the bouncer, punches him in the eye... Then him and the other bouncer literally just take him outside mm-hmm. and kick the living shit out of him. What? Like, literal? I mean, like, actual stomping on the guys. He hammer fists and everything. What? And then they're like, oh, this is, this, this is something. Is it like Jared Cannonier and, and a lumberjack outfit? It's, it's that like, level of it's, Honestly, it's Jared Cannonier and a lumberjack outfit. <laughs> right. And you've just said that you do not want to fight him. And you don't want to do that. And, As, and for... Previous listeners of the podcast will know that. Yeah, exactly. You're just going to make him angry. But the the funniest thing about it is, I mean, like, I shouldn't laugh at something for this, but the guy that beat him up was actually smaller than him. Yes. <laughs> so he was a wee boy and, and kicked his dick in. Wow. So that was your night out? That was, that was my night out. It was something, um, it was something else. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. So apart from that unfortunate incident, Edinburgh was good. It was good, yeah. We uh, we found a really nice uh, like vegan vegetarian place called David Ban, where the food was, pardon the pun, David Banning. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be we're gonna hit the audience with some some truth here, right? Yeah. Today's episode was meant to be with the new FCW heavyweight champion Dickie Divers. Mm. Um, like yourself last night. Uh, I've just found out that he's currently experiencing traffic problems over the fourth road bridge. Ah. And he has sadly been unable to make the recording today. Yeah, no, that is that is a fair point because we did get uh, hit by a queue of traffic yeah. just outside the fourth road bridge because they announced that uh, the Queen's Ferry Bridge was going to be getting some maintenance done to it. They didn't say shit about the fourth road bridge. Mm. So here is us sitting there for an hour. Yep. Just sitting there for an hour while nothing's happening, no cars are allowed past, because a bit of an oversight. So yeah. my beloved decided to tweet a lovely message to... Yeah, very, very far measured and level-headed Very message. incredibly well uh, level-headed. There was no um, use of coarse language no, no, no. whatsoever. They would never do that. But it was also very effective because 15 minutes later, the highway maintenance finally came and let us across the bridge. That is why you don't mess with Duke Cannon and Duke Cannon's friends. Because <laughs> <laughs> they know... They know who you are oh, you know how much of a big deal you do you know who I am you know yeah. who I am yeah. I mean to be fair I'd, I'd probably be more scared of my boyfriend than yeah. I would of me like oh I'll maybe beat you up but they'll they'll tear you apart <laughs> they will tear you a goddamn part so unfortunately Dickie Divers has been unable to make the recording today but we will sort this out in the future yeah we, we will make sure that uh, Dickie answers for his many crimes yes. at FCW well we'll get into that yeah oh, like, we will, yeah. Oh, we will get because he's that. now kind of slighted both of us oh yeah of course this year uh, yeah over the course of the past 12 months he has taken uh, taken a toll on both of us yeah maybe it's not a bad thing he's not here then maybe yeah because get to talk to me yeah yeah well I mean that's that's the thing like we need a guest yeah so why don't we interview yourself because yeah. we haven't had the chance to actually do that I'm yet. stepping up to the plate Duke stepping up to yeah. the plate so uh, for this edition of the Fierce City Wrestling Podcast our guest is going to be Patrick Petersky. Yeah! yeah you know what it's been a lifetime ambition to be on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> so 
I'm glad that I'm glad that we're I'm glad that we're finally getting to the We can we can finally make a dream come true. That's yeah. that's what this That's what this is all this about. Was, this is all about. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, so if that's the case, then why don't we hit you with the old five questions of doom? And this is gonna to be totally off the cuff, so We'll just see what happens. Oh, see what happens when my brain comes up with. So, uh, for context, for anyone who might be joining us for the very first time, uh, the way that the five questions of Doom work is this is a series of quick-fire interview questions so we can get to know our guests just that a little bit better while still leaving enough time to go into the meat of the FCW card for the next show, which is going to be on the 17th of November mm-hmm. at the Tulloch Institute, the uh, the the Fair City Zone. Is that oh, the Empire Zone? Oh, the Empire yeah. Zone. Uh, I, I, I picked up on this a few months ago on commentary, and um, John Young, who's uh, quite often on commentary with us, uh, coined the term Empire Zone, oh. and I've I've ran with that ever since. Oh, I think it's great because anything could happen in the Empire Zone. Mm. I mean, I'm looking forward to when Coop Dannon shows up in the, the Empire Zone one day. <laughs> <laughs> it's my, my, my nice doppelganger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's a good lad. <laughs> I'm, I'm the evil twin. <laughs> okay, so yeah, let us start off with the five questions of Doom. Yeah. So, uh, as always, our first question is, if you were stuck on a desert island and you had one pay-per-view that you could take with you to entertain you infinitely while you live out your life in this island like Tom Cruise and Castaway. Mm. Not Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Uh, yeah. So, what pay-per-view would it be that you take to entertain So, as, as again, I'll say as a prefix, I've not had a lot of time to think about it. I might have picked another one if I'd maybe had more time. But mm. One that did come to mind straight away is... WrestleMania 28. Maybe not a WrestleMania that somebody would go for straight away. But for lots of reasons. First of all, a very good card, I thought. A lot of big, big matches. Mm -hmm. Um, This was when we had the year-long build to uh, Rock vs. Cena 1. Yeah. Because as we know, WrestleMania 27 was the pre-show for WrestleMania 28. Oh, yeah. That was arguably the most pointless WrestleMania ever because it was all about setting up WrestleMania 28. Yeah. I think we we did jump a number ahead, essentially. But um, I remember I was still at high school at this point and uh, there was a a group of wrestling fans at high school and you were either Team Cena or Team Rock. Yeah. And this was at the height of um, uh, Super Cena, as he was known as, his total domination of WWE. Just no matter who they put in front of him, he would just overcome those odds. Yeah. Because as he's one to do, um, he was probably the best ever at that. He would just, just win. That's what he did. All he did was win, 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 no matter what. Yeah. Uh, got titles on his mind, etc. <laughs> um, and it was one of them, you were thinking, oh, but it's The Rock though. Like, surely The Rock. Like, if anyone can beat him, it's going to be The Rock. And uh, again, this year-long debate in high school between me and my friends was, nah, Cena's going to win because of this, Rock's going to win because of this. And then to get that payoff that night, everyone watching it was amazing. So that was like, then in itself, like enough to sell the card. And that's obviously what it was. It was all built around that. But for me, um, my uh, favourite wrestler of all time was a Mr. Um, Chick Magnet Punk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got to see arguably what's probably going to be his last ever match, as of this day anyway. Back yeah. it all in earlier this year. So that was one ticked off the bucket list for me. This was also during his... Uh, at the time, it was the longest um, 
turned out to be the longest WWE Championship reign for about 25 years. Yeah. Uh, so this is about halfway through that. He fought um, Chris Jericho, again, one of my favourite wrestlers of all time. So to see them two fight for a WWE Championship on WrestleMania was amazing for me. Um, the other big match on that card was, of course, Triple H and The Undertaker. Of course. That was the yeah. end of an era. Uh, Hell in a Cell match and Shawn Michaels was a special guest referee yeah. and I think we all thought for a minute when Shawn Michaels hit the super kick and Triple H hit the pedigree that that was going to be the end of the streak yeah but I mean like it's it's one of the sort of things in life, I, I remember watching that match and just thinking of like you know when you see, see something you think I know exactly where this is going yeah I oh, know yeah, I'm thinking there's no way to Taker's beat Triple H last year he's beat Shawn Two years before that, why would why would it be any different? Yeah, even with Sean as the, as the ref, because if you remember watching Raw around about that point, it wasn't it wasn't as if it was oh, oh my god they're going to screw Taker because like this is going to be DX like working together. But Sean was always I'm going to call this down the middle. Like, I've got yeah. ultimate respect for Undertaker. He's, and Sean was thinking to himself, well, probably thinking to himself because it's Shawn Michaels. Well, if I couldn't be him then. Triple H is going to be him. Yeah. Because I'm better than, like, that's the eternal debate between them two. <laughs> who's, who's better? So, yeah, it wasn't like a foreground clue was going to be a handicap match. Oh, oh absolutely. I mean, like, you could tell that, you could tell that was what Triple H was aiming for. Yeah. Was just like, oh, no. I got my mate. Go away. Yeah. <laughs> if you ever want a, a very good um, uh, foray into the rivalry of Triple H and John Michaels, but Triple H's career is uh, in, in general it's a great YouTube video called Wrestling Isn't Wrestling uh, no, it just looks as Triple H as a character throughout history and there's a big bit of it on that match I've, I've it's seen, very good yeah I've seen the, that video and I, I, love, I love the impression of Randy Orton who just goes I'm a fucking snake I'm a snake <laughs> I like to hurt old people <laughs> you've got AEW legend Ric Flair as well if you're in that video <laughs> like this, trying to explain Ric Flair to non-wrestling fans like he's just an old man who's got leather skin and says woo but trust us he, 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 was, he was awesome back in the day <laughs> <laughs> he's, just, he's just an old goofy pervert <laughs> <laughs> so I'm now I'm now pulling up the rest of the card that I've oh of course we've forgotten about the uh the opening match, mm. which was the 18-second World Heavyweight title win for Sheamus over oh, uh, Daniel yeah. Bryan, which WWE would tell you was the start of the Yes movement, intentionally. <laughs> Probably not, but, you know, they were more title okay in the end. We also had, we had Kane versus Randy Orton. That wasn't great. Mm. Um, Big Show defeating Cody Rhodes. That was also not great. Um, the rest of the cards are a bit ropey, but under pressure of a last-minute pick. I think I've picked a card with at least three good matches that'll keep me entertained on the island. That's the thing about like uh, like most WrestleManias is that it's it's not about the overall card. It's not about like the card being consistently amazing. It's about the matches that mean something to you. I remember the last WrestleMania we were, uh, that we were watching uh, when we were at uh, Karen's house. Yes. Well, it was night two of um, 39, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah night yeah. two of 39. And it was the match between Drew, Sheamus and Gunther. That was amazing. And I was on the edge of my seat. Yeah. Of just just three big dudes just slapping, slapping the, the meat. Just As slapping Sebastian Asher likes to say. Just slapping that meat. And it was just... It was... Like, compared to the other matches on the card, you know, there was ones where there was more sort of technical wrestling, there was ones where there was sort of bigger spectacle and stuff like that. But for me, that just sung to me because it, it felt... You could feel the conviction in every person in that match. Mm-hmm. You could feel everyone be like, I am giving this my absolute all. And it shows that you don't need to have all these, like, super athletic moves. You don't have to have this, that, and the other. Sometimes it can just be what it is. And what it is is just 
big guys beating the hell out of each other. Wrestling is a variety show. Yeah. Even on that card, WrestleMania 28, you had a bit of that. Because um, you had the, what's known as like, oh, the, you had the quick match with Sheamus and Daniel Bryan. You had the, you had the sort of romantic side of the business. Remember Eve Torres turned on Zack Ryder? Yeah. Uh, took him to Dick Kick City. <laughs> but um, he's done all right since then. Yeah, he has, yeah. yeah. He's shopping it. I mean, the one title he's not won so far is something in SCW. So yeah, he, he can't go back to WWE until he's ticked us off the list. I that's mean, how I see it. I mean, that is that's what I'm saying. We are obviously the benchmark for exactly. wrestling in Scotland, possibly even the UK. Uh, so if he wants to go back to that event, he does have to come yeah, out. He can post your pictures of like your millions of belts, but you've got the biggest tag team title in the country, don't you? Hell yeah, I do. you don't need any other ones. I don't need any other ones. Yeah. So, like, so. Yeah. I'm throwing out a challenge to Matt Cardona out of nowhere there, but here we go. You are, you are coming over, and we are booking you in some kind of match. Yep. Uh, we don't know which one yet, but we'll, we'll, we'll find I mean, one. He, is, he is the deathmatch king, so it might have to be one of them. And we're going to have to, like, do we do we have a deathmatch belt? Oh, I don't know. We do have uh, Mr. UNG Mackey, though, who likes his nursery crimes. Oh, I, don't know if, I don't know if Matt Cardona's ever been in a nursery crimes match. Maybe he's Ooh. maybe that's a mountain for him to conquer. See, I think we should make like a, a deathmatch belt where it's just like one of those cheap like child's belts that you get from like a toy store. It's got nails coming out of it, but the nails are going onto the inside, and that's how you wear it to prove that you're the hardest by getting stabbed by nails. Yes, that's the, <laughs> the what are you willing to put yourself through to be? Yeah, it's that like that's how you prove that you are the uh, you are the hardest man in FCW is that you wear the the nail belt. Yeah. It just. <laughs> <laughs> and there was like, was it, was it, I don't know if it was true or not, but there was that mythos around the hardcore championship of WWE that it was an old WWE title that was like it just been beaten to hell. Yeah. So we could. I'm, I'm sure the commissioner won't mind spending lots of money on a new FCW championship and one of us just to like batter it with a hammer and then that becomes the hardcore title. I think that'd be, a wor- that'd be worth spending money on. I mean, there is that, but also, you know, just ask for forgiveness, not for permission. That's we true. have some belts there. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we can use them. <laughs> but anyway, we should move on yes. to question number two for yourself. So question number two is, if you could form a tag team with any character, either fictional or real, who would it be? Mm. So... I'll not reveal potential irons in the fire that I've got Ooh. for the future. So just just watch this space for what might happen in reality. But if we're going, are you firm that tag team with Batman? No, I'll let Jay do that because um, I don't know if you've ever, if you've ever heard a podcast he did with um, Billy Strachan a couple of years ago on the the, the mainstream SWM podcast. Yeah. He went on a big tirade about how he thinks Batman's really boring. I don't believe him. I think he'd love to treat to team with Batman if he gave him the chance. I mean, something tells me that he would absolutely love to team with Batman at the drop of a hat. Yeah. There's just something about um, I don't know if it's the gear, or maybe it's the name, or something. Yeah. But something to note. I think he was Batman. just playing it cool. I think he's like, yeah, he's yeah. like, yeah, I'm not. I don't actually care about Batman. He's yeah. like, he's treating him mean, keeping him keen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> keeping keeping Bruce Wayne on a on retainer. Yeah. I'm gonna go down. Uh, a similar uh, route to um, oh, I brought him up twice now Mr. Yoon G. Market, mm. who talked about um, in an ideal world he would have loved to have tagged with uh, his best friend yeah. um, from back in the day in wrestling that is something I would also like to do uh, my good friend um, you've met him a couple of times I think now when he's come down uh, we came down for Wrestlemania at night one of course yeah. uh, Mr. Albion De Quincey mm-hmm. uh, who uh, formerly wrestled for Combat League Wrestling up in Thurso yeah. um, he's taking a break from wrestling right now 
I would love nothing more than to bring him down the road and team with him in FCW. Um, we again, we've talked about um, uh, Taylor White before on this podcast. You had a, you watched one a few months ago. Yeah. My hatred for Taylor White stems from Albion's uh, Albion's first year as a wrestler. Uh, so in Combat League, they have the like a house house system. So it's, and, and it's a similar way to like New Japan with their factions. Okay. Basically, like everyone, you kind of need friends in New Japan, otherwise you're going to like you're going to get beaten up. Yeah. Similarly, in Combat League, everyone's got their own house that they're in, and everyone. It's a very interesting concept of wrestling where everyone fights for points more so than championships mm. and the winner at the end of the year the winner takes the, the house championship Albion was placed in a house uh, with Taylor Vite and forgive me I can't remember who the third member of the house was back then it might have been a wrestler called Lad Chapman who's also been on the SWM podcast before and you should check it out because he's a very very good wrestler and a very good man as well mm. um, and it was uh, basically if I remember correctly Lad was the singles wrestler uh Albion was putting the tag team in the house with Taylor. Taylor was more experienced. Taylor was sort of the de facto house, house captain. He's going to uh, take him under his wing, show him the ropes. This guy's totally fresh out of the training school. He's been uh, thrown into the shows. Let's see what he can do, but let's put him with Taylor because yeah. Taylor can hopefully coach him to get some house points. Yeah. And I thought, great, my best friend's going into... This before I started my own journey. Albion Quincy is also the, uh, basically the inspiration for me getting into pro wrestling as well. And I've met your lovely self, so it's turned out very well. <laughs> um, I go up to watch his first match. Things are going very well. Albion's plugging away nicely. Albion hits his big move, which um, remember um, Ty, what's her name? Ty Mello now, I think her name is yeah. in AEW. Um, Sammy Guevara's wife. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, very good wrestler as well. Mm. Brazilian girl. Um, he borrowed uh, her finisher, the Ty KO. Okay. So he's got him up in like sort of a gory bomb position, almost spins him round, um, smashes him in the face. Again, forgive me, I can't remember who it was he was wrestling that night. I'll need to look at. Might have been Glendon Barr, if I remember correctly. Um, another guy who's been on the podcast uh, with Billy. Albion goes to get the cover. One, two. Taylor Vite comes in and like breaks up the pin and goes, No, I am the captain. I am the man. I am going to get this pinfall. Tells Albion, pulls rank on Albion to get out. And then Taylor just gets rolled up and they lose the match. Oh, Taylor's an absolute bastard, he really is. And then Taylor blames Albion. I'm, and I'm sitting there ringside going, what is going on? I mean, as we'd expect, I mean, that's, this is the guy that raked my yeah. eyes in order to win. Yeah. Like at FCW. It's... If... If I can describe it in one word, it's just bastard. Yeah. It's just, I mean, tactical bastard. Like, the guy yeah. knows what he's doing, but yeah. it doesn't mean it's, that I approve he's of it. so egotistical. Oh, like, he he couldn't deal with Albion um, getting a getting a pinfall victory in uh, his first match, which is a very strange sort of position to have when you're on the same team as him, and you could argue, he could have went on an ego trip and said, look at this, like, total rookie that I've coached to victory yeah, exactly. no, no, he wanted to pin the opponent's shoulders to the mat himself and it ends up costing the match um, a couple of months go by they have their next show they're teaming again ok let's see let's see if they've maybe learned from their mistakes very similarly Albion's doing quite well but unfortunately they end up coming short and they lose what does Taylor do he, he, has, a, he has enough and he just starts beating Albion up and, Why am I not surprised? and he actually trades for him. He trades him out of the house, casts him out after 
two shows. One where Albion had the match won. The other one where, again, this rookie in his second match fortunately takes a loss, as we've all done early in our careers. And Taylor um, just says, no, nah, out you go. Jesus Christ. And I think that's affected Albion. Um, Low-key the whole time. Um, he did have a match with Taylor later in the year. It was two out of three falls. He managed to uh, get a pin over Taylor, but he fortunately came up short 2-1 in a house championship match. And his first title shot as well. He did, he did a great right. job. So he had a bit of a whirlwind year. And um, a lot of ups and downs for him. Um, and Taylor was the, the, the biggest down uh, there. And so that's why I was very passionate. Um, if you watch the if you watch the match back, you hear me on commentary. Um, I'm trying to sort of stay as impartial as I can on most shows, as you know, because I'm a professional. Yeah. With that one, I couldn't uh, I couldn't handle it, and that was why. And because, um, like I said, Albion's uh, my best friend. He was the best man at my wedding. Uh, he's helped me through a lot of stuff in the past. He's um, inspired me to go into professional wrestling now. And I think it's sad that. Um, I'm now in a position where I'm now active in the business and he's sadly not. So if I could do anything in my time in pro wrestling, I would love to team with Albion De Quincey. That is, that's who I would like to, to be my fantasy tag team partner. I mean, it's also the thing of like, also never say never. Yeah. Like, we all, we all know that a retirement in wrestling is a kind of a, less of a goodbye and more of a see you later. I yeah, mean, like, see you down the road. I mean, let's, let's be honest, honest, how many times has Johnny Lyons retired? Oh, he is the man though. That, that man yeah. has had more farewell tours than Kiss. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the, the, like, the bug bites. And, yeah, so what we're saying is we're going to have, like, Ric Flair versus Johnny Lyons at the Mercy next year. That oh, might, yeah. That might happen. Yeah. <laughs> One of them is going to die yeah. like, we don't know who. <laughs> But yeah, that's that's my answer. So Albion, if you're listening, I hope you are. Think about it. Yeah, like uh, always keep uh, always keep it in the back of your mind. Uh, so let's move on to question number three. Yeah. Now this is a sort of classic question for a lot of wrestlers. Mm. If you could have a match with anyone, living or dead, who would it be? And the dead person is alive yes. for this. You know, it's not you're just not, an easy win. You're not fighting a corpse. No. I think Scully kind of brought that up. I remember. I mean, that was a hell of a loophole. I'm going to yeah. give him some credit. Um, I'd uh, I'd go back to my earlier shout about my favorite. I'd, I'd if I could wrestle anyone, it would be CM Punk. That's fair. He's got his faults. We all know this. <laughs> He's actually tenacious, cantankerous little man. As do as do many men <laughs> and women in wrestling. There's not a lot of angels out there. Yeah, um, that is fair. Again, go back to that time when I was in high school. I'd I'd always liked wrestlers. My my favorite wrestler as a kid was Eddie Guerrero. And he sadly passed away, and I went through a stage where. Eddie was my guy, and there was a few years where I was like, not that I didn't, didn't, didn't like wrestlers, but I never had that same sort of connection with somebody that as I did with Eddie. Eddie was that underdog that, one of the first matches I ever watched when um, I started religiously watching wrestling was Eddie versus Brock at No Way Out. And it was that, um, uh, like, no way, no way is this guy going to win this match. Look at this Brock Lesnar, look at this beast, this this absolute behemoth of a man. No way the wee, the wee Miss Scrappy Mexican guy is going to win. No way. Yeah. Eddie pulls it out. And it was one of the most... Well, if you'll know if you watch the match, it was one of the, the best reactions I think I've ever seen from any crowd ever. I mean, yeah. That is... That is very... It's, it's explosive. Yeah. And he went on to have amazing matches with like Kurt Angle, for example. And then he had his feud with Rey Mysterio. Um, and tragically, before he died, he was in that sort of tag team come rivalry with Batista as well. And he was just taken far too soon. And he was always my favourite. 
Um, and for and I like guys like Kurt Angle. Really, really, really like Kurt Angle. Respect Kurt Angle. In fact, I've taken my finish from Kurt Angle. The Angle Slam. That's yeah. why. That's why I want to end my opponents with because it's such a good move. But I never really had a true favorite wrestler until CM Punk came around. Totally connected with him straight away. It was just something about him. And uh, and that was that's this is when he was in ECW. I didn't. I, I've gone back and watched like his old Ring of Honor stuff. But um, my first exposure of him was the, the reboot of ECW. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, he had his first match in the Hammerstein Ballroom against Justin Credible and just, like, just, like, destroyed him. And this was, like, a former ECW World Heavyweight Champion. Yeah. So, like, it got a big deal. For those that you know, like, beating Justin Credible, ECW when it came back, obviously wasn't what it was. But still, for to put him in there with somebody like that, have him... Like, he absolutely destroyed him. Yeah, he, went, he went on a tear. He ends up winning the championship the year after from um, Johnny Nitro, or just no Johnny Nitro. He dropped that name. He was John Morrison then, or it should have just been called Johnny ECW. Johnny Dubs. Johnny Dub. <laughs> what does what would his name be here? Just be Johnny. Johnny Fair. Johnny Johnny Fair. Johnny Empire. Johnny. Oh yes. There you go, that's, Johnny Empire. That's, that's got. There's another one for you, Commissioner. Get Johnny Empire in. Yeah, like book it, Commissioner. Yeah. Book eight. Yeah. Why aren't we on the booking team? We should be. I mean, great to be, ideas. To be fair, I think we would rinse through all of the funds. Yeah. Uh, actually, let's let's go. Okay, let's go. Let's go on a side question. Yes. Uh, we don't do this with everybody, but you know, I don't. Have, I don't have champions advantage, but I do have side question privileges. You do. Like <laughs> you have side question privileges as <laughs> as one of the uh, the podcast team. Yeah. You get this. So. If we were on the FCW booking team, oh. you could use the budget to book anybody to come in. Either you face them or someone else faces them. Doesn't matter. But you can book one match. What do you do? Outside of myself, we'll say, versus Ken. I'd love to see... Do you know one I would like? And this might not you might not think of. I would like to see uh, Sebastian Asser... Spazzy Asser? Sorry, Daddy Ass. I'm sorry, I'm just getting Daddy Asser. I would like to see Daddy Ass himself. Um, no, Daddy Ash, sorry. Crap, I'm tripping over myself. It's the pressure of being on this podcast. <laughs> I've never been in the hot seat before. I've always been in the sort of slightly cooler seats with yourself. And I've sprung upon you. I would like to see Daddy Ash, Sebastian Asher, versus Daniel Garcia. Ooh. And I'll tell you for why. Okay. Because I know something about Sebastian Asher that not a lot of people know. Ooh. And I know it's something that he might not want to broadcast. Or he might not even admit to it. Ooh, okay. But I know that he, he's, a, he's a bit of a mover. He likes a wee, he's a, he likes a wee, a wee dance. Like a wee jig, eh? Yeah, as does Daniel Garcia. You know, there's a wee you, sort of hip thrust motion. Are you thinking about a dance No, I'm not saying, I'm not saying it should be a dance-off. I'm saying it should be the beginning of the match. <laughs> I mean, a, that's our dominance. Maybe have special guest referee Ian Ambrose to judge the dance off. Oh, because wow. he does love a dance. He loves a dance. But I know well, genuinely it would also be a very good match. I would. I would actually watch the hell. Out so of there's the there's a. I'm not going to say the obvious like I'd like to see like say Gunther come in and wrestle say Andy Roberts like mm. two big heavy. Yeah, of course I, I could say that. Yeah, I could say let's get somebody like um, Kenny Omega to come in and wrestle Ian Ambrose for example. Yeah. Maybe two of the best wrestlers we've got. I could say, um, let's get FTR versus Game On. I could say that. But I want to see Sebastian Asher dance. You know what? I mean, that's a, <laughs> that's, a worthy, that's a worthy answer right there. Yeah. 
But that's definitely worth the odds. I mean, like, you know, there's no point getting FTR versus Game On. We'll hold no. them in two seconds. Exactly. And that's not going to be fun for anyone. But, dancing. Dancing. Everyone loves dancing. Yeah, everyone dancing gimmicks are over, pal. Dancing gimmicks are over, pal. Yeah. Over like Grover. <laughs> But I back, but yeah, back to back to CM Punk. Um, that that would be my fancy opponent. And if you're not educated on CM Punk at this point, then where have you been? You've been under a rock for the past twenty years. At this yeah. Point. Um, go and check out his documentary on the WWE Network. Obviously, there's been a lot happened since then, but it's a great, it's a great um, uh, re- well review of his, his career up until probably about 2012. I think when that uh, documentary came out, there's a lot of good stuff on YouTube about him as well. Um, and his AEW run was a lot better than a lot of people seem to remember it now because of yeah. the way it ended but he will always be the best in the world to me Yeah. so I would love to wrestle CM Punk that would be my fantasy opponent loving or dead that's fair I, one of my favourite things about CM Punk was um, I used to listen to the Colt Cabana uh, Col- Col- the Art of Wrestling yeah the Art of Wrestling yeah, yeah the Colt Cabana podcast uh, a lot back in the day and he used to like like record a lot of it just in like CM Punk's spare room and the funniest yeah. thing is like just every so often during an interview you just have like CM Punk like you, you could hear him like doing his dishes in the background <laughs> and they just all like come and chip in something and then go away again it's sad that sad what's happened to them too yeah, yeah. obviously they were such good friends for so long but it just shows you yeah, nothing's uh, nothing. nothing's guaranteed you know just because you've been friends with somebody for so long yeah um it is sad to see. I did see a quick one on Cole Cabana, side question privileges. Um, we mentioned again, Dickie Diver was meant to be on this podcast. Mm-hmm. I, it was a very surreal moment for me um, making my FCW main roster debut in that Rumble, at the first Sight Rumble back uh, last month. Yeah. I was doing all right. You, you were very nice and said hello to me as I was getting in the ring. I mean, yeah, like, I, I, like, I yeah. didn't expect you to be coming in. Like, yeah. I just had to see you coming out from behind the commentary desk and like, take your trousers off and be like, ah, this is good. There was that part where it was like, just try to lull me into a full sense of security here. He's like, I'll just, I'll just watch out for him. But he's, well, been, he's been good so far. Well, I, mean, I was trying to be nice. Like, yeah. I, I tried to, like, I went and helped Caleb Valhalla. Yeah. I went over and helped the mighty Caleb as he was getting his ass kicked. And then, do you know what he did? He put me in the corner and then started slapping me. Yeah, sounds about right. So then I just returned the favour. And then, I remember there was this, like, this one kid in the audience who was like, I thought you were friends. I told him, I was like, I thought so too. <laughs> but here we are, having to do this. I know. I got in, I got in, I took out, uh, I took out your tag partner actually, I took out Nathan Norv, I took out the mighty Caleb, I took out uh, Taylor Bryden, hit a big spine buster on Spike Tierney, things are going really well, uh, I told Omar Mohammed that that's how you hit a spine buster, and also Omar, I wear bucket hats better than anyone in Scottish wrestling, <laughs> just for the record, I don't say I own them, I just say mine are cool. I mean, let's, let's be honest, he doesn't suit a, bu- a bucket hat, you Maybe do. not as well, yeah. yeah, but I'm not going to be that guy that's like, that's my thing. Well, I'll, I'll do that. I'll be that guy for you. That's that's Patrick's thing. No Bucket hats are Patrick's thing. I said nobody else is allowed to wear red either. Duke Cannon's thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've I've called that. If anyone, if I see anyone wearing red, I've seen other people wearing red tights. That's just total total ripping you off. Man. Right? Where are they? Yeah, I know, right? Where are red? Where where are they? <laughs> Um, but yeah, but aye, so again, tangent, sorry, back to what was good. It was so surreal to be not only in a match, in a rumble match, getting childhood dreams, and doing really well, hitting these big guys. Really down, really well. And then, a guy who I used to go to like Fat Sam's and in Dundee, go to the Edinburgh nightclub and watch, go to like the garage in Glasgow and watch him wrestle for ICW. And then I turn around and I'm like, what's just happened? And I've realised that he's eliminated me from a, a, a first time rumble. It was Dickie Divers. So again, that was a very surreal moment, having a guy that you've been watching wrestling for 10 years since you're, uh, since you're a teenager, 
Now he's, now he's chucking you out of the match. No, just, and smiling, grinning in your face, and not turning up for podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> the absolute. Nerd. It's not his fault. I will say that's not his fault. But it's like this, this one is not his fault. Yeah. So like, we'll, give him, we'll give him credit for not being here, yeah. but that doesn't mean that we have to be like pointer. Yeah, and there you go. Dicky Divers, SCW champion, had to sneak up from behind on me to eliminate for a Rumble. Here's, here's the thing. I'll take that. See, like, I know that there is traffic problems, but. Mm. I would also say that, again, he knew that me and you were going to be in the room and he knows that me and you have some uh, issues with them. I'm not saying that our champion's a coward. So I reckon we're not saying that. We are not physically saying uh, or literally saying that the champion is a coward. What I am going to say is that he didn't turn up today uh, and also he managed to get that belt of his... By cashing it in after Ian Ambrose had his ass kicked. Yeah. And he had a bit of assistance in the ring to do it as well. Now, I'm not going to say that he is a coward. We're not, again, we're not saying that. Not at all. You're just pointing all. out what happened. I'm just pointing out the things that have happened leading up to this. And will we'll, we let the audience draw their own conclusions? We will. We will. Yeah. Yes. But, uh, what have we got next? Well, we should go on to our next question, which is uh, if you could try any profession other than wrestling, mm. what would it be? It would have been to be a footballer, mm. but I just wasn't good enough. Oh, at cool. all. At all. No, I wasn't. Well, you've never seen me play. You're not the biggest football guy in the world, but you'd watch me and you'd go, yeah, Patrick, you were never good enough. But I played, I played Sunday League and I had fun. A- that would have been the dream. The dream job would have uh, been to play professional football. Maybe, maybe we should speak about getting like an FCW fantasy team. I'd be up for that. I think, uh, yeah. Like, I, I don't know how much use I would be, but I, I mean, I think if if uh, I've for though again, podcast viewers won't know this, but this has been a sort of in joke between me and myself for Duke uh, for over a year now. Um, and I'm I'm one of the, the maybe the few guys in the training school that's into is football. Mm. Uh, I, I remember one of the best reactions I ever got at a training session was when you kind of you were being nice, you were attempting to join in on a football chat. I think uh, me and one of the other trainees were having, and it was we ended up bringing up Livingston Football Club, <laughs> who, for those of you who know, or for those of you who don't know, rather, they play their football what was formerly known as Almond Vale Stadium, which is like the area of Livingston that it's in. It's the where the shopping centre that is. Like, um, but for sponsorship reasons, it is now known as the Tony Macaroni Arena. <laughs> And I've never... And Duke Cannon's got an amazing laugh anyway. And when you break Duke Cannon, he will laugh uncontrollably for a solid 10 minutes. <laughs> it's, it's like a hyena on helium. I have never... That's great. It's one of the happiest noises in the world. But even by Duke standards, this was crazy. Like, he just went off on one. I've, I, I've, I've fully decided now that um, my goal in wrestling is to hold a big show at the Tony Macaroni yeah. Arena, which I also heard has the nickname of Spaghetti Spaghetti Hard, yeah. Which is just... <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> when I've got a bit of spare cash, I think at the end of a season, I'm I'm going to try and get like a Livingston sharp and get Cannon twenty on the back because <laughs> I I know for a fact you'd wear that to the ring for a match. I would wear. I don't. I don't even watch football. But yeah. I would wear the yeah. hell out. Of the whole audience would be like, I thought he was from Baldur's Gate via sort of up north. But, but <laughs> no, it turns out he's from Livy. But, um, but yeah, that's what it is. It's pro- professional football. And I, mean, I, mean, that's, I mean, that's fair. Like, it's... It, the thing with something like football is that it's a hard thing to do. But it's also like wrestling. It's a hard thing to do. And it's... Especially when you've got to have, like, the level of conditioning that you yeah. need. 
I mean, like, it's kind of similar to wrestling. Like, it's just go, go, go with the cardio mm. all the time. And you don't really get a chance to properly let up. You've always got to be on the ball at any, like, at any sort of one time. You also have to be, you also have to be, there's an element of luck in it with football. Again, and this, I, no illusions that I was ever good enough. But there will be a lot of, like, good players that slip through the net because maybe the right person doesn't turn up to a training session and sees them. So you got to, for the most part, you've got to get scouted. Um, and there'll, there'll be a lot of world class professional players out there off doing different things just because the right person never saw them yeah. and took them in that academy so um, it would be nice to be in a multi-millionaire as well but hey there's, time, mean, there's time yet with wrestling I mean yeah the, the money side of it would be Great. a bit, would be a, a very good thing but again it's the same with wrestling as well to be on the the mega bucks that something like Cody Rhodes is on or something mm. it would be, it'd be nice to live comfortably yeah. at least. <laughs> so that'll bring us to our final question and this is a bit more of a philosophical one. So, Patrick Petrovsky, why do you wrestle? Um, to prove to myself that I could do it. Um, it goes back to a bit about uh, Albion. Um, Albion had told me he'd moved. He's, so we met in Dundee um, when we were both at university. Through football, actually. We played on the same uh, Sunday league team. We became best friends. Uh, he moved up to uh, Thurzo when he graduated. He got a job up there. I was very sad. Had a bit of a cry because my best mate was moving to the other end of the country. Like six hour drive away. Seven hour train journey because trains are really slow. And when you get past them, <laughs> um, <laughs> there's nothing past them. Oh, yeah. um, Thurzo's worth going to though. A lot of nice pubs and that. Get a good night oh, out. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was very sad. But I, as a, a good friend does, you make the effort to still go and see him and stuff. He comes down here. He's coming to the Queen Show in January, actually. Ooh, so nice. maybe we can sort of, sort of drop the hint that you know there might be something here for him if he uh, if he's interested. I mean, if he if, he, if he gets training back, back be, in again, yeah, it'd be, it'd be really nice to see him again. Um, so yeah, um, when he I heard that he was getting into it, and I thought, and I, I went and watched him for a year, and I thought, right, I might I need to try my hand at this now, surely, because like. It looks like he's having so much fun. Yeah. Despite and there was a lot. I said earlier, there's a lot of down times with with Taylor. Um, he had a bit of a running with Brody Adler while he was up there as well. Brody yeah, is. yeah. It didn't end well for him. But yeah. um, but there was good times as well. And with the highs he had were, I think they outweighed the lows. And it looked amazing. And obviously, wrestling fan whole life like a lot of us are. And I found, um, in fact, it was I believe it was a few months before I got married. Uh, we were. Uh, up in Thurzo uh, on YouTube watching videos before uh, Albion had one of his shows we come across FCW Empire and I'm like oh that's in Perth advert for the school pops up halfway through like well the school's in Dundee and he's like you've got to do it you've got to try it and I'm like yeah you're right I've got to do it <laughs> and then fast forward like um, and I said to the missus well the, she wasn't the missus at the time she was in fiance at the time like I've got to try this You've seen how much fun it's been going to see Albion wrestle. I've got to try my hand at this. I don't have my football anymore because the uh, COVID um, paid... Uh, so, sorry, spelt the end for my Sunday league. It just folded. So I'd, I'd missed that athletic side of my life. I said, I've got to try my hand at this. She was like, that's absolutely grand. Please do it after the wedding so you don't end up with a like, horrific training injury. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's fair. So that was the compromise. So I got married in September 22 and uh, a few weeks later I started with uh, Dabdub. And so that is why, essentially, it's the childhood dream. And I now knew that it was on my doorstep. Mm-hmm. I couldn't not do it. I mean, I'm, I'm very glad that I've chosen to do it with SCW as well. Because yeah. uh, 
it's been one of the best years of my life so far, and hopefully much more good times to come. I'm glad as well. I mean, like, I remember, like, seeing yourself and, like, a lot of the people from your intake coming up uh, and starting for the first time. And you were the first person I did in with in the ring as well, don't know if you remember. Uh, we, like, we went over lockups and checked that chain. You were the first person I ever touched inside the ring, so. Ah, yeah. and you've touched me here. Oh, <laughs> yes, nice and soppy. We love it. But yeah, but, no, I mean, like, it's, it's honestly, like, seeing, like, a lot of you guys and, like, guys from your intake as well, like, uh, Hunter Redwood and Karen Douglas, and I know that, like, there's been, like, varying levels of, like, experience and stuff before coming to FCW, um, but seeing everyone coming into their own, seeing everyone get moulded from a trainee into wrestler, being able to carry themselves, having the confidence and knowing that they belong where they belong. Like the future is it's bright. A, it's yeah, it's a beautiful thing to see. And I'm I'm really happy to see just everyone coming up from our school yeah. doing well, showing that they are gonna be an integral part to Fair City Wrestling yeah. uh, when the when the time comes because we have a fantastic training school, we have fantastic students we all have a fantastic attitude. Yep. We've got, we don't have anyone there that thinks that they're above other people or that they can treat somebody with any amount of disrespect or anything because of like where they are in the card. We've got a completely sort of horizontal layer when it comes to that sort of stuff. Uh, and we've also done a good job to stamp out that kind of ideology. Well, that's what I was going to say. I th- again, I've thankfully been never noticed any of that at sessions or you know, on show days and stuff like that, but... Um, well certainly from uh, DPW Dabdub guys but I know for a fact if the ladder was to arise it would be it would be directified very quickly oh, because yeah. that's not what we're about it's not what we're about and it's again telling people that A that's what we're about but also that we're not going to put up with it you, you still get people trying to throw their weight about because of oh I've I've worked X amount of years but you know they have nothing to show for it but they still think that they can treat somebody with like an absolute amount of disrespect. Yeah. And like, it's in- like, like Karen, for example, uh, has not just trained with uh, Dabdub, he's trained um, a couple of promotions down in the West of Scotland. Um, Hunter Redwood, about six or seven years ago, did a bit of training as well. And it's not like they came in and said, oh, well, I, I don't have to do this, or yeah. I, I don't have to go through these like baby steps, as you want to call them that. Like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm this guy, I know what I'm doing. Like, yeah. No, it was like, yeah, well, okay. What's the coach want me to do? Yeah. You do it. It's, it's having the right attitude, again, not just for training, but for wrestling in general. Yeah. And it's good to see people coming in with that attitude. Um, it's good to see people coming in and having each other's backs yeah. and looking after them. Even, even some of the more nefarious members of our training school, like, we all have each other's backs. We all look after it. It's, it's that kind of thing of, like, we might mess with you, but that doesn't mean that anyone outside of us can mess with you. Yeah. I totally get you. Yeah. I totally get you. Good times, man. Future's bright. The future is... And if you want to see that future, I know we're, we're, we're way to start plugging November's per show, but let's shout out January's show at the Queen's Yeah, yeah. Like, I think that's, let's sell out like well in advance. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a, that's a good point as well. We have a show on the, I believe it's the 27th of January. I believe you're right. I'm going to double check it. Uh, which is Saturday. Uh, Saturday at the Queen's yep. Hotel in Dundee. And honestly, I am yep. excited for it. Saturday 27th, 7 o'clock, £5 across the board. So like, you can't argue with that. No. £5 wrestling in your tune. Yep. In your 
tune. And what better way to spend a Saturday night? Exactly. Not only that, Queen's Hotel, pretty central as well if you want to mm-hmm. go out for a couple of drinks. A, they do have a bar, but also if you want to go out afterwards, there's plenty of pubs. Just free free parking in Dundee City Centre after yeah. 6 o'clock. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Like, you'd, you'd have to come up with a really good excuse as to why you can't go. And you're going to get to see me defending my crown as the king of the as class, the king by the way. Of the class. Let's just say, what I've got planned for my royal entrance will be worth the five pounds okay. I will say nothing more than that oh I am excited there you go Tickle but we do have a card to plug Duke we do have a card to plug and this is for our show on the 17th of November at the Talk Institute it is a Friday night as always and you can get your tickets at fcw.eventbrent.de I can say that again because well, it's not the it's not the website anymore oh no it's yeah. not oh, that's a good thing that you caught me out there I was about to do the usual plug no we have a new website best thing to do is just go to the Fair City Wrestling website yeah and then there's a link there yeah it's a lot better doing that so go to fiercecitywrestling.com and you can also see all the great work that um, Sarah does on yep. the website as well again you should def- you should definitely check out the website Sarah pours her heart and soul into that real MVP of the company yeah honestly um, we've, we've given her a shout out before I'm happy to do it again and I'm happy to do it again as well, yeah. <laughs> like uh, you go out check out the website you get all your information there you can see everything about all your favourite wrestlers yeah. uh, you can book tickets you can probably order merch I imagine if not then we'll if not work. then we will now make it a thing where you, <laughs> you can do it book it commissioner <laughs> right so the first match isn't even a match that we're going to talk about again it's like well, and cards subject to change slash order will not necessarily be the same all the usual stuff that yep, we say yep so it is the case that uh, the order that we go through these matches do not reflect the order that they will appear on the card yep. the only way for you to find out what order they appear is for you to be there on the 17th of November but yeah we have this one to start with Got a moment of glory hosted by Sebastian Asher which is uh, well until very recently it was Marcus Hunter's talk show mm-hmm. but Sebastian's getting to host this instead. This is a bit of a prank, I think. The commissioner's pulling on Marcus just to continue the torture. I can, yeah, I can 100% see that. Like, don't get me wrong, I love the fact that the commissioner's back in. Uh, but this is some petty revenge, but fortunately, you I'm just, a petty man. I'm a, I'm a very petty man. Like, I, like, I'm happy for him to suffer in any way, shape, or form. See, I thought you would have sacked him by now, but you might be thinking this is actually better. What he's doing. I think drawing out the pain. Exactly, yeah. I, I, I've offered my services on the show as the guest. The guest hasn't been announced yet. Ooh. He's not he's not said he's not said if that's happening or not yet. But maybe when he finds out that I'm trying to out him as a secret, you know, dancey boy, he Ooh. might not be so keen on it. Yeah, I'll, I'll, he might try and uh, he might try and take you on to like set you up or something. Because like he, he he takes himself very seriously. It's the Sebastian Asha. Far too seriously. And that's one thing I don't do. I, I, I don't think... If, if you can't laugh at yourself, you shouldn't be able to laugh at others. But yeah. those rules don't seem to apply for Sebi Boy. Oh, yeah, no, I mean... But, like I said, I've seen things that you wouldn't have wanted other people to see. I've, I've seen him in the corner of a training session now and again, busting a few moves. Like He's a secret dancer. Okay, I, I need to... I think he's ashamed of it. He shouldn't be ashamed of it. I want to, I want to see this, uh, this secret permission I mean, I mean, I mean, we're looking at the... The, the advert for the show now just look at his face he takes himself far too seriously yeah he, he certainly does but I mean like I, get, as I, say, I think this is why the commissioner has, aimed, has put him in 
the place of Marcus Hunter. A, because it puts him directly in the limelight, it puts yeah. him directly in the square so he can get it from all sides. But again, it's just the knowledge that he's taking his employer's spot yeah. and the fact that the employer can do nothing about it. Driving more of a wedge between them, I think, that's what he's trying to do. Yeah. So for actual matches, one we've got to we'll kick off our discussion anyway is a, a grudge match to say the least. Mm. Uh, these two, well, let's see these two. ADM has been obsessed with Caleb Valhalla he ever has. since coming up short in his title match a few months oh, ago yeah. where he failed to take the championship from Caleb. We saw that in the um, the winner-take-all match at uh, Ardler, mm-hmm. where, again, you came out victorious. We came out victorious. But I mean, like, like, on a side note about ADM, like, I still own one for almost tearing my leg off. Yeah. So for those of you that don't know, I, I went to go against the ropes. ADM opens them up yep. to make sure that I fall out and tangle the uh, tangle my leg, which was the leg that Dickie Divers made a point of kicking in. Yeah, Clyde River Colour, eh? Yeah. yeah, he's got that name for a reason. But yeah, um, he, he, all he wanted to do that night was destroy Caleb, and I think that that uh, was partly one of the reasons that they came up short that night because they were too focused on what their own individual goals were whereas you were more of a team we wanted FCW back in the hands of somebody that actually respected it somebody who would actually use it for good they all just they they all had their own little they had their own agendas that was the thing yeah and the obsession continued in the Fair City Rumble all ADM wanted to do was take out Caleb and it's led to this just a big old fashioned one on one two horses going at it mm-hmm. ADM's looking to get revenge like I said for his one on one contest last time but can Caleb go 2-0 against him you know what I mean I have a lot of faith in Caleb like even though he did slap the hell out of me during the rumble I'm not forgetting about that Caleb uh, I genuinely from what I've seen from what I've experienced being in a team with him uh, even just like going up against him is that he can Take on anything. Yeah. He he is a god amongst. Yeah, he's the he's the force of Scottish wrestling right now. It's, uh, it's very real that anyone's going to get the better of him, and it very rarely have an FCW. He's only got less than a handful of losses yeah. to his name. And until earlier this year, he was undefeated for years. Yeah, and that, and here's the thing as well. This isn't even like a knock at ADM. As much as I dislike the man as a person, I can't fault him as a wrestler. No. He uses his head. He knows what he's doing. I think that his only sort of downfall is maybe his pride more mm. than anything. Like, he definitely doesn't want to be on the bottom of things. He no. wants to be fully on, like, fully on top, not having anyone sort of, what's the word? Taking his, you know, like taking his pride away from him. I get what you're saying. I do. Speaking of pride, we have two very proud men Ooh. wrestling in this next contest. Former uh, longest reigning junior heavyweight uh, champion Taylor Bryden, although Spike Tierney must be closing in on that that reign. Oh, he, soon. yeah, Spike Tierney will be. It's nearly a year that Spike's held. It was back in February, so it'll be very soon. It'll be coming up for a year. Yeah, it's been a, a year that Spike's been elevating yeah. that belt. Like he's taken it and he's raised it up yeah. so much and just done incredible yeah. work with but it. As as of now, the longest reigning junior heavyweight champion of all time. But he's he's moved up to the heavyweight division and he's taken on a proper heavyweight as he calls himself Andy Roberts and he's not wrong He's a, I've, I've called him like a throwback wrestler before um, he does the simple things probably better than anyone and it works mm-hmm. he doesn't have to be flashy but he'll just hit you and hit you hard 
But it's kind of like when we're going back to what we were saying earlier about like WrestleMania, uh, about the match between Sheamus, Drew, Ma- uh, Drew McIntyre, and Gunther. Gunther. Is that Gunther vibes, Andy Roberts? Let's oh, give you that. Oh, hundred percent. But it's, it's as I say, it's like you don't have to go in and do all these fancy, flashy moves in order to try and win. Sometimes it's just going in with your head screwed on. And knowing that you can hit the other guy harder than they can hit you. He pinned Ian Ambrose after a lariat. A, like, move, a move that maybe a lot of wrestling fans might think, oh, that's quite a standard move. Everyone does them. But a lot of people do do them. But if you're the man the size of Andy Roberts and the the technique that he's got behind it and the experience, like, yeah, that can take somebody's head off. Oh, yeah. There's legitimately. A I mean, there's a difference between doing a move and doing a move well. Exactly. And it, like I say, he does it better than anyone. Yeah. And what we've always said, FCW is very good at making uh, interesting matchups. Styles make fights. Although Taylor has moved up to heavyweight, he's still got that sort of that junior background. He's going to have to lean on that, I think, in this match. I mean, I think he's going to have to lean on a lot because Andy Roberts is a very, very strong competitor yeah. in FCW at the moment. Um, so it's going to take a lot for Taylor to come out on top uh, in this matchup with Andy. Um, again, I t- I've kind of just got to say, like, from what I've seen between the both of them mm. in their sort of matches recently, i got to give it to Andy. I have to give it to Andy because he's came in and he has just wrecked house. Like, it, it's the case of, like, fair enough, he hasn't always won, but it's not through lack of trying. Well, I mean, this year he's got wins over uh, Craig Berry, uh, John Kerr. Um, he came up short in the two out of three falls match against Ian Ambrose, but he did he did pin the champion. He did, yeah. Uh, um, so he he's got a pinfall victory over Ambrose. Didn't ultimately win the match, but he's pinned some big names this year and some big get men. He put they put them down. So it's a different challenge from this time against Taylor Brown. So it'll be interesting to see how Andy um, Andy adapts to that as well. Yeah. Now here we go, getting into the big boy matches now. All right. We've gone from a couple of big boys to big boy matches. Foundation of the Future versus Game On 3 for the FCW Tag Team Championships. Before I get your thoughts on it, I, 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 to address the elephant in the room, um, I'm not on about myself. Ha-ha. Ha-ha. Um, again, for those of you who maybe have seen our social medias and that over the past few days or um, the DapDub media or FCW in general, Foundation of the Future were kind enough to come down to DapDub and give us a seminar. Um, showed, us, showed us the ropes, showed us some of their tips and, and tricks and just general uh, gave us that a wrestling lesson. We've uh, been very fortunate at Dub Dub since I've been there, just in the last year, to have the likes of Big Demo come down. We've uh, Nitro Green kindly lent us some of his time as well. Um, Filthy Ryan Ruth as well. So, again, something that is done in the wrestling world. But I think a lot of wrestlers like to get back mm-hmm. every now and again, teach trainees such as myself, the things they've picked up on. Yeah. Now, I know for a fact that you couldn't make it that day. It wasn't any malice. It wasn't like, well, I'm going to be wrestling these guys. And you're not. And I know you're not, again, you're not, Joe said, you're not that petty to think, well, I've beat these guys twice or I, I don't need to learn anything from them or I'm not going to show up just because I'm wrestling. You're, I know you're not actually that guy. You're, you'll learn from anyone. And you, but they didn't take it that way. They seemed to take it very personally that yourself and Nathan didn't show up and they've used it for a bit of fuel um, coming into this match. What were your thoughts on um, that sort of call-out, basically, from Foundation when I asked them about it? You know, to be 100% honest, 
I've got to say that you're a little bit wrong on my survival levels of pettiness. Yeah? Okay, you know what? Well, maybe I've just not seen that side right, of you. You know what? No, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to address this, because this has annoyed me for far okay. too long. And, you know, I haven't put out any statements. Um, I haven't been able to see Nathan recently. Have you been biting your tongue, I'm guessing? Oh, I've been biting my tongue very, very hard. Uh, I, wanted to, you know, I wanted to speak to Nathan before sort of putting anything out or saying anything, but no, this is a good opportunity. This is a good platform for the thing that The thing that gets me okay. is after the Foundations match with... Uh, New Party. New Party. Yeah, great yeah. match, by the way. And that, you know, the whole point of that match is to find out who is going to be going against us. Yeah. So we go out and, you know, we're happy to see them again. Yeah, you showed like, respect. We're, we went out, we showed respect. And you know what they did? We, we go for a handshake, they slap our hands away yeah. and say that it's no longer about us, it's about those titles and them getting them. Now, I understand that people say that Foundation are one of the best tag teams in the country. If you're one of the best in the country... How come we've beaten you twice? How come you can't show us any respect when we have shown you nothing but respect? And we hold the belts in that company. You are chasing us. But I'm supposed to I'm supposed to show you respect and come along to your seminar. I'm supposed to, you know, give up my day to come and learn from people that don't even show me an ounce of the respect. I've earned those belts. We earned those belts. We worked hard to get to that position. And we're still treated like we're juveniles. I know that you've pushed us to our paces the same way that we've pushed you, but ultimately, we have come out on top. And you know what? Call me cocky. Call me cocky till the cows come home. I think we're taking those belts away. I think we are. I think we can go three for three. Three in a row. And I hope to God that you are listening to this. I hope that Zach and Ryan are listening to every word of this. Because I mean each and every word. Not only are we going to be walking away with those belts. We're going to be walking away with your respect. Whether you like it or not. Sorry, I'd No, there you go. It's it's just it's gone to me so goddamn much recently. Sorry if that was being presumptuous about you there, but like obviously I don't I have not heard from you about it. I like I said, I knew you you, you had other things on that day. Then so I'm sorry if I annoyed you there. No 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 it's no no it's 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 fair. I mean like as it happened, I was actually quite busy that yeah. day, but when I heard it was announced I was like, Well You don't have to cancel your plans to go to it. Yeah. Because they were, yeah. And then well then this is obviously before they made this call it to you yeah. if you're feeling that so that would obviously turn it up to a lot exactly I mean like when they when they said that when they put out that video that got me because I was surprised um, after the match with um, Ewan and Tom that um, they treated you the way they did it looked, they looked like they turned over this new leaf they were sort of becoming better versions of themselves being more respectful to the other tag teams in the division and yeah I mean you're not wrong in saying I've said this to you before you hold the most prestigious tag team championships in the country so, as very good as they are, yeah, of course you can say that you're the best tag team in the country because you hold that prize. It's up to them coming to take it away from you. Whether they can or not, history would suggest no because you beat them twice. So why would why would you not beat them again? Like unless unless they can pull out some, they're going to have to come up with a very very different strategy. Unless, unless they can pull out a miracle out of out of the bag, they are not getting our titles. Yeah. 
I'm, call, I'm calling it now. I am calling it now with every bit of confidence, knowing that me and Nathan have went into that ring. We've defended those titles every single time against some of the best in Scotland. No one has been able to conquer us. And you two, Zach and Ryan, have tried it twice and came up short each time. So I'm looking forward to that third time so we can finally put this to rest. I don't think we need to say anymore than that, do we? Yeah. There we go. That again, that's... I'm calling it now, again, not just saying this because you're my friend, you're my podcast host. Probably going to be matched tonight. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Now, speaking of matches with history, these two go even further back than yourself and the Foundation. Oh, yes. This goes back to pre-Fair City Wrestling, from what I've been told. Yeah. this uh... Uh, We have you and G. Mackey coming up against Bo- the returning Botchico. The returning Botchico. Um, came back at number 30 in the Rumble. Kevin Williams finally made the call. And out he came. And he nearly won the whole thing. If it wasn't for our... Nearly guest today, Dickie Divers. It's everything comes back to Dickie Divers, man. <laughs> Every single thing comes back to Dickie Divers. But what an effort from Botchico, and what a great thing to see him back. Yeah, Maze. And again, for for those of you, he was fired from FCW. There was nothing that, although there was nothing that um, Marcus Hunter could do to keep him away from Dapdub. Oh yeah. Um, so he was still around the training school. He was. He's been putting in the work. And he's got himself in the best shape of his life. Oh, I've seen that, yeah. And now that he's managed to get himself back into FCW proper, I think the sky's the limit from. Yeah. But he's coming up against essentially the man that gave him his shot in the business, am I right in saying, yeah? I've heard of this uh, rejected school of luchadors that Yunji Maki was once the the dean of, for so, a better term. Yeah, so I mean, like, so Yunji Maki has, uh, as you probably heard from the episode that we recorded with him he's a very eclectic man yes. he does many different things he has many different visions and many different projects and one of them was to take some of these down and out luchadors uh, the ones that we maybe never get booked or never get back, you know the kind of runts of the litter essentially and try and bring them up try and teach them how to do their job and there was there was quite a few of them, there was Randomico there was Dynamico and there was also of course Botchico um, so Bochico owes a lot to Ewan G. Mackey. He really does. Uh, like Ewan taught him, I wouldn't say he taught him everything he knows, but he taught him the first things he would have learned. He, he taught him, like, he, he taught him the very basics. He yeah. taught him how to lock up. He taught him how to roll. Taught him how to, you know, interact with a crowd. And these are in Bochico has gotten just better and better over the years on his own volition, but. There is always going to be that seed there that was planted by Yuinji Maki. So Yuinji Maki sort of almost called it uh, Dr. Frankenstein and his monster. It's... And he's wanting to finish him off now. Yeah. Good. yeah. so much history here. It's it, crazy. It, like, I knew there was that sort of base layer, but then more of, I've looked into it, like, talking to yourself and stuff. Yeah. It's it's crazy how, like, deep-rooted this actually is. Oh, yeah. This is, I think this is a uh, botch code. I mean, Bochco's always been trying to prove himself because he's just he's been seen as this afterthought. Um, but this is the big one, the big one for him to really prove uh, prove himself that he's a different man now. Yeah, and he's going to be a, a, a serious contender in FCW. Yeah. I think he could do it, but 
if you've got a gun to my head and you're asking me for a prediction, I can't see past you. As, as sad as that is, I think it might be too soon. See, for Botchko. See, I, I don't know. I mean, at the same time, I've seen... I've seen Botchko improving as much as he can. Well, we both have, yeah. And every... But it's, it's, every it's day, Yunji Market. No, former FCW champion Yunji Market. But here's the thing. Let's also remember that that is former champion Yunji yeah. Maki. In order to become a former champion, you either have to give it up or you have to lose. He's not infallible. He's great. Mm. He's fantastic in so many ways. But that doesn't make you infallible. True. And the thing is, with how much progress Bochco has made, a lot of it might just come down to has the student become the master? Mm. I mean, hell, Bochco's been at the... Like, fair enough, he's been adapted. He's been at the training school, but we haven't seen what he's been doing in shows as well. Like he, he's keeping a lot of his cards close to his chest, possibly deliberately. I mean, that the thing. That, I think the thing that people think about Botchko is that they think that he's stupid, but that's not it at all. He is, what's the word, farcical mm. in a lot of ways, but. I think a lot of people underestimate how switched on he is and how much he wants people to see him in a certain way. Especially since I've joined SCW, Dab Dub, whatever. Last year, I've seen a massive change in him. And that's only been a year. But it, it's not not the same man that I met in October last year. It's it's a, it's like, it, I think it's easier to say that like, Bochico is like a jester. We always think of a jester as being like funny and comical and uh, you know just there for our amusement, but also failing to realise that jesters were well respected members of court. They were the only people who make fun of the king. They were the only yeah. people that could make fun of the king, and a lot of that comes down to their intelligence as yeah. well. Um, I like. I want to say Bochico. It's it's that kind of thing. My head does say Ewan because again, Ewan is fantastic in every way, shape, or form. My brain wants to say Ewan, but my heart wants to say Bochico. You're going with your heart. I'm going to go with my heart on this one. I'm going to say I'm going to say Bochico. Um, I'm going with my head. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 <laughs> fine. It's, it's it's a very hard again, to call. It's a cliche at this point. What do you always say? FW always books very interesting matches. We do indeed. We do indeed. So we've got two very interesting matches left to talk about. Yes. Massive implications. First of all, let's talk about... Well, what do you, you pick? I'm flicking between them now. Well, what do you pick? let's talk about the gauntlet match. Here we go. I believe it's the first ever gauntlet match in FCW history. And it's certainly been since I've been around. You've been around since the start, I believe. None of no, no, other ones that I can yeah. think of. Well, we've got Brody Adler, Moxie Malone... Emily Hayden and Ashley Vega in a gauntlet match for the first ever women's game changer briefcase. Yes. Now this was going to be a ladder match. It was indeed until Dickie Divers decided. It always comes back to him. It always yeah. comes back to Dickie Divers. Every single time because of course he had a hissy fit at Commissioner Williams yeah. because he wasn't in the main event. And there was this ladder match. He's been in more ladder matches than anyone in Scotland, I believe. Yeah. So Kevin, Kevin was like, yeah, okay, cool. Let's 
bump that start up even more. I don't think that's what he was expecting. No. But that's what he got. I didn't expect the reaction from him either if he was like, well, surely you should be happy. But he didn't seem happy. No, he didn't seem happy at no. all. But like, we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. This is still huge. Let's oh, be honest, yeah. this is massive. Like, we've never had a female game changer before. And now, one of these women is going to have the chance to cash in, potentially similarly, to the way the divers did on Ambrose. But this time it will be on Serena Rose. Or whoever the champion may be in the future. Because yeah. they will have this for one year. Obviously, it's, it's harder for us to predict this match because we don't know who's going in one and two. Yeah. Obviously, the way Gauntlet matches work, for those that you don't know, uh, the two, two uh, wrestlers start in the ring. Um, whoever gets the first pinfall will then wrestle uh, the third wrestler who will come out the curtain. Mm-hmm. And then that process repeats for the fourth. And then the winner, after those falls, becomes the game changer. Correct. And that's yeah. Uh, as that, far as I'm playing, that is a gauntlet match. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my my, I've been paying attention over the years watching wrestling. Um, <laughs> well, I'm glad that one of us has. Cause... Yeah, so we, that's it. It's harder for us to say we think this wrestler will win because of this reason when we yeah. don't know what the order is going to be. But if you want any good examples of gauntlet matches, um, I believe SmackDown had a very uh, sort of good series of them a few years ago when Kofi Kingston was on his road to WrestleMania. Yeah. If you want to feel for what those matches are like, go and try and find them on the network or go and try and find them on YouTube. Mm-hmm. You'll get a feel for what they are. They could be grueling affairs. Oh, yeah. Because, like, the first fall might go... How, like, could go an hour. Who knows? Yeah. Like, and then, then the, the, the winner is like, oh, great, they're through the next round. But then they're spent. And then they've got this other competitor coming out to yeah, like maybe three four maybe five people afterwards the strategy uh, but at least we know at least the girls know that there's going to be four of them and so their strategy is going to have to be whoever's one and two get that first opponent out of there as quickly as possible because yeah. you've got another two to go through mm-hmm. so the strategy is going to be interesting it's, it's going to be and as I said a lot of it will come down to who's going to be in what position yeah. who's going to be starting off who's going to be coming in near the end um, so yeah it's really it is really hard to make a prediction for this but the competitors that we've got are all incredibly strong we have yep. Moxie Malone we have robbed of the title in the last match oh. and pushed pushed Serena harder than I've seen anyone push her before yeah. Serena had to resolve to I believe it was like chalk or dust or something that threw in yeah. her face to like blind her because she was, thought she was in trouble never seen her like that before Serena I've... never seen that sort of um unsureness of herself or yeah. to get it done yeah I mean that's the that's, I mean I've made the comparison to Zlatan Ibrahimovic before yeah. the fact that she can you know she can always talk the talk walk and the walk. walk the walk but yeah like that was an interesting side for her I've never I've never seen her have to rely on that kind of tactic in order to get by you've got Brody who has never had a one on one I know we don't this is not the way we do things in FCW which is fair because you have to earn your shots. But she has never had a chance to regain the championship one-on-one since she lost it. The game changer could be a way for her to do that. So she's yeah. going to be fired up. Emily Hayden, one of the best female wrestlers in Scotland. Oh, absolutely. Um, she's probably held championships in less places than she's held championships. Yeah. She's That's what she does. And you've got Ashley Vega, who's probably the future of Scottish women's wrestling. Oh, abs- like, absolutely. Ashley so, Vega's just been on the... So whoever, whoever wins... The champs got to be watching out because they could do what her husband did to her. Yeah, I mean that's that is four incredibly strong competitors, and I'm looking forward to seeing how, like where this goes and who ends up coming out of anywhere. Yeah, anywhere. So, we're benching them again. 
Dicky Divers again. Can you see why we wanted him on this month? It's, it would be perfect. It's, it's the thing of like, he isn't even <laughs> in the room with us. We've, we've spoken about him constantly. The inevitable Dicky Divers. Like, we should have maybe just given him like a FaceTime call or something like that while he's stuck in traffic. Yeah. Serena Rose on camera. <laughs> I thought she would have just. That's maybe. Anyway, right. First, this, I know this is a first ever. Uh, first ever ladder match in FCW yeah. history for the FCW Championship. We've got FCW champion Dicky Divers and wrestling in the next chapter of this historic rivalry now with the infamous Ian Ambrose, the former champion. This is. Uh, in a way, it was always, always leading to this. For, yeah. th- th- this they hate, these guys hated each other without the championship and now the championship's involved it's just turned up again yeah. and then the ladder matches have turned up again it's that it's starting to be that thing of like it almost feels like it has to be this way I think this has got to be the end surely because they are just going to kill each other if they keep going we've now had uh, they had a match in Tayport at the start of this year um, Dickie Dials totally destroyed Ambrose's leg I believe it was Yeah. and, and there was a, uh, the, the the ref Almost throughout the contest, I remember. But Divers demand, no, I'm, I'm, I'm beating this guy. Yeah. Got, a, got a pinfall victory over Ambrose. I remember you that night very gallantly stepped up to the plate. Uh, I was, I was raging. And said, you've, I was you've, absolutely you've, raging. You've injured this man. You've robbed the good people of Tayport, um, and we love Tayport. Oh, hopefully, we love hopefully, Tayport. hopefully, we'll be back there uh, soon. Um, you've robbed them of a proper match. You stepped in and you fought valiantly against Divers that night. And then some things seemed to simmer a wee bit. Almost like they weren't physically in contact with each other, but they're always taking jabs at each other. Yeah. We finally got their uh, their last man standing match. Ambrose literally that away from it being a draw, but he yeah. just managed to get up to his feet. Yeah. Um. That, so that was one 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 in terms of their one on one contest. Then we had the fatal four way. Divers managed to squeeze himself into that. Thanks to Marcus Hunter. Yep. Ambrose ends up pinning him to win the championship, and now. Divers cashes in on Ambrose and it's 2-2. So this is the fifth, albeit it's the fourth one-on-one match, but it's the fifth match in their series this year. And who's going who's gonna to take it? That is the, I mean, that, that is the... What a journey, by the way, when you, like, when you think about it, when you go through it like that, it's crazy. When you, yeah, when you, put, uh, when you lay everything out and you see... Where this is all went, realize how big it is. It's it's incredible. It's something that I don't think a lot of us expected to go this hard. I mean, they're both fantastic compares, two of the best in the country. But for all we said about Dickie Divers, he's one of the best wrestlers. He in the is. Well, I, he is the best wrestler in the country. He's the SW champion. Yeah, let's be honest. Yeah, that, that's the top prize in the country. Yeah, I like I I can't deny that. But for me, it's the complete level of vitriol that both competitors have sort of gained for each other it's the fact that this is this is went way beyond professional oh, these yeah. aren't two people who are competing to they're not comp- well I don't know about so Ian but I don't think that Dickie was competing to get that belt to prove that he was the best he was getting it to prove that he was better than Ian yeah nail on the head and I think that that's shown quite a lot in just the way that he in the way that he wrestles, in the way that he does it. It's like, it's more that, again, he doesn't have to believe that he's the best, he just has to be better than everyone else, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Ambrose has been the target of that. Yeah. Um, he's suffered for it because of it. He genuinely has. Um, 
So it's, the, it's to see how personal this is. This has gone way past professionalism. This is why, like, their first proper match was the last man standing. Yeah. It's like, it's... A normal match isn't going to cut it because it's going to go to blood and guts anyway. Yeah. It's going to... It's like... Well, it's well, going to... Like I said what Divers did. He just immediately went from, I'm not going to wrestle this man, I'm going to injure him yeah. and try and end his career because I've decided that I hate him. Exactly. And it's, it's that level of just bitterness between the two of them that kind of fuels this entire thing and like it's at this point I think it's safe to say it's anyone's game Yeah, it's genuinely anyone's game between them two I don't think we even have to say that much about it but at this point Dickie Diary versus Ambrose sells itself it genuinely does but there you go match five like who's, I mean, who's taking who's taking the series? <laughs> I mean, as, as much as as, as much as like uh, I appreciate you saying that we'd have match tonight. I think this is going to be match tonight. I think that this is just going to be something. This is because I've got a punch off for tag team wrestling. Though, I love it. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's, that's laughs> my it's my uh, own bias coming in. There. <laughs> it's good when it's done well and you do it very well. Thank you. I I, I very much appreciate that. I very much, and I hope to do it well on the seventeenth of November yeah. at the Tulloch Institute make sure that you go to FCW well fearcitywrestling.com yeah. so you can get those tickets yeah. in advance as uh, we are expecting this one to sell big so make sure that you are there but I think that that kind of takes us to the end of the podcast so, did I do okay for jumping in as a last minute yeah you did you did good. fantastic you, yeah. you had some great answers for the five questions in Doom we even had a little side tangent oh yeah and um, no doubt we will do this reverse for yourself because now that I've been interviewed it would be very rude of me not to return the favour for yourself down the line so I'm sure when we can find out a gap in the schedule we can get that done maybe if there's another guest that pulls out then I'll, I'll Maybe when Dicky Divers reschedules and then... <laughs> and then we're not, again, we're not saying he's a coward. We're but not doing that. We're not saying that whatsoever because that would possibly be slander or libel. But when it happens again... But when it happens again... We'll do you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, thanks very much, everyone. Uh, I think let's wrap up there. I've been Patrick Poteski. This has been one half of the SCW Tag Team Champions, the Natural 20, Duke Cannon. And we'll see you next time, yeah. Yeah, yous have been fantastic. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, yeah, we'll hopefully see yous there on the 17th of November. And if not, we will hopefully see yous listening to the next episode of the podcast. Right, so tell me more about this shenanigans that was going on with Wee Boy last night. Oh, so, right. So, like... He got his ass kicked by the ropes. Yeah, was he okay? Or was like in the hospital? Oh, no, he was bleeding from his skull. Oh, like, oh, like, right. Like, like there, was a, there was a bit, because me, uh, me and my boyfriend were sitting by the window. Um, and so, like, we're, we're getting the front, we're getting dinner on our show. Uh, and there's a bit when this guy sort of gets up. And you know that bit in Independence Day when the scientist is, like, pressing against the glass? It was like that! <laughs> bleeding from his